up, church? Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Austin, Texas, Brussels, Belgium, and both God Behind Bars campuses. We love you so much. We're so glad we get to be with you today. Man, welcome. If you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. If you're visiting with us for the first time and you're used to a real subdued, quiet church environment, welcome. Get ready. It's a whole new animal, isn't it? Um, If you're visiting with us, we like to say some stuff up front because it's important to me that you know, um, man, we're, we're nothing special. We love God. We are excited because we've had... God's done a lot in our lives. We have a whole lot to be excited about, and that's the energy and excitement you're feeling. Um, But we know this. We're imperfect people who'd love to get together and and meet with and worship and praise and and hear from a perfect God. And so no matter what's going on in your life, whether you feel like I've never been closer to God in this moment, or maybe today you feel like, I don't know if I can get any farther away. I want you to know no matter what's going on, you're welcome in this place. We love you. We value you. We accept you. So welcome home. In fact, we're in a series right now called Welcome Home. And if you were here last week, how many of you were here last week? Didn't Ronnie do great last week? Come on. He, 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 fo- he focused a lot of his talk on the first two verses in Luke chapter 15. And so if you have a Bible, flip open to Luke 15. If you use your phone, get it up, get it running, Luke 15. This chapter really describes in many ways who we want to be as a church family and what we've experienced from God as individuals and couples and families. And and so we're gonna be in this chapter for the next few weeks. Um, And so he started out with this, Luke 15, one and two. Now the tax collectors and sinners... We're all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, that's the religious people, they they muttered, stupid word, but they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them, and they didn't like it, and me and Ronnie and and Doug actually were texting back and forth about these two verses, And, and, and I sent Ronnie this text at one point, go ahead and put that text up, I said, Ronnie, the verses that you're preaching about this week, and I just circled that, I love this about our God. I love that that's who he is, that he's a God that welcomes sinners because that's what we are and that's what we need. Isn't that right? And that's why we want that to be who we are as a church family, a group of people that just welcomes, that we don't judge. We're not trying to be a courtroom. We're trying to be a hospital. And, and I sort of see these services um, as, as, you know, these are like rooms in the hospital and we're all sort of in the lobby at certain times waiting to meet with the great physician. And that's what we're here to do. And, and so Ronnie said something last week and as soon as he said it, I wrote it down and, and I started texting it to people and, and, and I was like, this is gonna stick. I love the way he phrased this. He said, you know what I love about Jesus? What I see Jesus doing here is he said this, he's rolling out the red carpet for people who don't belong. I thought that phrase is going to stick. I love the way he said that. That's what we're up to right now. We're rolling out the red carpet for people who don't belong. But I've added two words to that just for you today, especially if you're just checking this thing out um, recently. No matter what location you're at or maybe even you're watching online or listening somewhere or in a gym or whatever. 
But I've inserted two words into what Ronnie said for you today, and it's this. We're rolling out the red carpet for people who think they don't belong. See, the truth is you do belong. But oftentimes what happens is, is we get around church, we get around church people. Sometimes we think about this idea or notion of even getting around God. And what we think is, I probably don't belong. And I want you to know that what we're doing today is we're rolling out the red carpet, even if you think you don't belong. I remember the first time Parks, Eric Parks took me to church. And I was 24 years old and I had a drug problem and, and, and I was a suicidal mess and he took me to a church and, and I was mad that I was going to church. But the truth is, deep down, I was hoping that I would find something because I was desperate and I knew life wasn't working out well for me, but I was mad that I was going to a church, but yet hopeful that it would do something. Some of you know, you're like, I've been there. And then I walked into the lobby and I'm not kidding. Eric worked at this church. So he like starts jetting around doing things. And I'm just like stuck in this like really new environment. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And I went right out front. I got out of smoke real quick. True story. And I was like, and Eric comes out. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, what is that? Like everybody's smiling. It's freaky. And wearing khakis. There's more khaki pants per capita in that room than I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, bro, a grown man just tried to hug me. A grown man called me brother and tried to hug me. Where else in the world is that okay? You know what I mean? Like, where else in the world do you go and another adult who doesn't know you goes, come here. Huh. Like, imagine taking your car to the shop. You know what I mean? And Rick rolls out from under a car and just gets up and just throws his rag down and goes, come here. You knew? Come here. Come here. Now bring it in for the real thing. Rick, I don't, I don't No, It's what we do here. It's just, it's just what we do here, brother. You know what I mean? I'm just saying church can be weird the first time you go. Right. And what, and, and, and I remember I walk into the sanctuary, okay, also weird, that that's what you call it. That doesn't sound cultish at all. <laughs> Went into the sanctuary, and I kid you not, you can't make this up. They're singing a song, and well, some of you, you know this first. I'm looking around, and there's people all over the place with hands in the air, and they're looking at the ceiling, but with their eyes closed, and it's almost as if they're in extreme pain. I was like, what on earth? And I look up and the words, I'll never forget. They're singing a song and the words go above the stage and it says something, 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 the lamb of God and the blood of the lamb. And I went, I'm out. <laughs> this is the stuff horror movies are made of. <laughs> and a guy comes up on stage to welcome the church. I'm not kidding. And he grabs the mic and he, all he said, he, he grabs it, he picks up the mic and he goes, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm like, why did they give to the mic the only guy who can't speak English? What is happening in this place? I felt like I needed a decoder ring. I'm just saying, church can be weird when you first go. And sometimes we've been going for so long, we forget all that. 
The truth is, is there's nothing weird about the word hallelujah. It just means praise be to God. Just nobody explained that to me. And so it was hard for me to get behind it. And, and khaki pants are now cool. My kids want me to buy them for them. So if you're wearing khakis today, you're on. You know what I mean? And, and people were raising their hands, not to be weird, but because the Bible talks about raising holy hands to God and surrender. They were showing God that they were surrendering. And the truth is, we lift our hands up in a lot of environments when we get excited and passionate about stuff. And they were just doing that. And that whole Lamb of God thing, the Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And, and the, when he went to the cross and allowed himself to be sacrificed for our sins, the blood that he shed on that cross paid the price for our sins so that today we could receive forgiveness of our sins, his spirit in our lives and heaven forever. There was nothing weird about any of it. I just didn't understand it. But I'll tell you what I did understand is I stood there in worship and I went, something's different in here. I can feel it in my heart. What I didn't know is I was starting to feel the presence of God because when we get together like this and Jesus is the focus, no matter how excited or tame you are, his presence is in the room and his presence changes lives. And I started experiencing that. The truth is, as soon as I did, this thought rushed into my mind and the thought was, I'm not sure I belong here though. I mean... I don't know if these people really knew me. They knew the stuff that I do in life. Would they still be smiling and hugging me? I don't, I don't think so. Like I don't, and I, I don't think I could be like these people and I don't think I could be good like these people and I don't think I could be spiritual like everyone seems to be. Like I don't think I belong here. And, and, and what I didn't know is, is I was going to go ahead and take that leap of faith that day and put my faith in Jesus and ask him to forgive me for my sins. And I was going to try to follow him. What I didn't know is, is that years later, that same thought would still creep into my mind from time to time. I didn't know that that same you don't belong here thought would come back as a Christ follower. But those of you who follow Christ know that it does, doesn't it? Come on. You ever stepped into a prayer time and you're trying and you, you step into a time where you're going to, we, sometimes we refer to them as quiet times and, and I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to talk to God. And the truth is I go, man, it's been so long since I've done this. I don't even know where to start. And how long have I been a Christian? And why do I feel this way? And this feels awkward. I almost feel fake. Who am I kidding? I don't belong here. Come on. You ever came to church and people are getting excited and they are going for it with God and they are showing a little, little excitement and passion and praise and worship. And you go, I'm going to get into that. And you put both hands up, but all you can think about is the things you've done wrong this week. And you go, who am I kidding? I don't belong here. You ever, you ever needed something from God? Like, like I need wisdom, God. I'm in the middle of it. I need guidance. I need peace. I need a healing. I need a miracle. And the truth is, the thoughts come rushing in. Who am I kidding? I'm not owed that. I don't deserve that. I don't even belong here. It's real, isn't it? And we've all got it. And listen, if you get nothing else, I'm gonna keep talking for about 20 minutes, but if you get nothing else, and this is all you get and you get out your phone and just get on social media for the rest of the service. I'll be okay. As long as you actually get this next thing, I'll be okay. This is what I want you to leave here with. Please put that up. I want you to know that you belong here. If this is the first time you've ever been here, you belong here. 
If this is the thousandth time you've sat through a church service and yet you're in the middle of some struggles right now and you still deal with temptation and you still deal with sin and you still feel a little bad about some stuff that you should have done that you didn't or that you did that you shouldn't have, I want you to know that you belong here. If you feel really, really close to God right now, praise God. Enjoy this season. You belong here. We need you here. Look for somebody to encourage before you leave. But if you feel like I've never been farther from God, if you feel like I don't even know if I believe the same way you do, I got all kinds of doubts. I want you to know you belong here. No matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're dealing with, you belong here. You're a child of God. He loves you. We love you. You belong here. First John 3, 1 says this. See what great love the father has. He's lavished it on us that we should be called children of God. You're a child of God. You're an heir to the throne. You're a king's kid and you belong here. And we're glad you're here. Go ahead and put that next slide up if you would, please. You belong in the house of God with the people of God in the presence of God. And don't you let your situation tell you otherwise. You belong in the house of God with the people of God experiencing the presence of God. And don't you let Satan try and whisper any lies in your ear that tells you anything but that. You are a child of God the way you are right now. And he loves you and you belong here. Don't listen to anything else. This story, the prodigal son, is such a great reminder of this truth. We're going to pick up this story in chapter 15 of Luke. That's why I told you to get there. Starting in verse 11. Jesus continues. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. We could spend a couple weeks talking about that right there. Everybody listening was already back on their heels like, what? No, no, no. No kid goes to a Jewish patriarch father who owns an estate like this and would dare say, give me my inheritance before their father dies. That would be like them going to their dad saying, I don't want anything to do with you, this family, our faith. I wish you were dead. And his inheritance would be a third, a third of the property, buildings, livestock, the entire estate that the father has spent his life earning and building. This son comes and asks for something crazy. And everybody listening would go, this kid's crazy. You don't ask for that. My 10-year-old asked me for an iPhone this week. I almost punched him in the throat. <laughs> What's wrong with your 10? Get a job. Get you an iPhone. Everybody would know, like, what this younger son's asking for is crazy. He ought to be banished. He ought to be kicked out of the city, kicked out of the family, never allowed to come back. You can't work here. You can't eat here. You can't live here. You're gone. That's what should have happened. And everybody knows it. But this dad says, okay. Everybody's going, what? Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. That's banking terminology right there. That means he liquidated the assets. He took a third of everything his father had and he sold it and he took the cash and he set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Everything's going downhill. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And no one gave him anything. And think about this kid's journey. He went from living with the father on the estate with full access to everything dad has. To now he lives in a distant land. That word distance important. We'll talk about that here in a second. He lives in a distant land. Homeless, penniless, jobless, eating pig food to stay alive. All right? I mean, things have gotten bad. Now, let, let me say this real quick. Hold on one sec. Oftentimes, when we talk about this story in church, um, if, especially if you haven't been here hearing us talk about it, because this is a, one of the most more famous stories in the Bible, we call it the prodigal son. And oftentimes what we think is, especially us who've heard it many times, is the prodigal son refers to, you know, the, the kids are us and the father in the story is God. We get that. The prodigal son usually in our mind is referring to a man or woman who has just never had a relationship with God. They're just out lost. They need to come back and receive salvation. And that's how we see it. And oftentimes we'll go, I know how it works. When you get to the older son, you're going to talk about me and I'm going to be a little mad about it, but okay, let's go. And, but we don't really think that the prodigal has all that much to do with us. And I just want to challenge you on that because I believe that we all have a whole bunch in common with this younger son. Amen. Think about it. At the end of the day, he's a guy who made some mistakes and found himself distant from the father. Well, come on, we all know that. As people of faith, we know what it feels like, don't we, to make some mistakes and feel distant from the father. We know that. And, and, and you know, so, some of you may, may be distant right now from the father, and it's not an accident. Like, it's on purpose. And, and I know that. I know that life. That was me until I was 24. That was me all through high school, all through college, and a few years after. I was distant from the Father, from God, and it was on purpose. I just didn't think I needed it. It looked like a bunch of rules that would just suck the fun out of my life. That's all I understood about it. I'd been around enough church people a few times to go, I don't like that. I don't, why, why are they mean and judgmental and critical all the time? I want nothing to do with that. And I had had some tough things happen in my life. And the truth is, I blamed God for them. And so I was distant from the father, but it was on purpose. And some of you go, that's where I'm at. That's okay. I get it. I don't, I'm not judging you. I understand. Sometimes as, as people with relationships with Jesus, we find ourselves distant, don't we? And it's not because we meant to, to, to get distant from God in some way. It, it, we just sort of drift, don't we? It's like you just sort of, all of a sudden you just kind of, what What happened? How's it been months since I've actually gotten into the word, into his presence? What, what, how, why is that? You know what I mean? You just kind of get, you, you get busy and you drift and then you kind of go, well, I didn't mean for that to happen. I've been traveling this week and, and I was on one of those um, I, well, moving walkways, whatever those things are called. What are those? Anybody didn't know what those are called? And he said moving walkway. We're going to go with moving walkway. <laughs> so I was on one of those moving walkways. But I didn't, I didn't really think about getting on it. The truth is, I was right at the gate where I needed to be. But I was on my phone. 
How many of our problems in life right now start with that statement, by the way? <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize I was on my phone and, okay. So, so I, was, I was texting my wife, I was making notes about this message, and I was responding to a work email. And so I'm like, I'm trying to be like a coworker and a friend and a boss and a husband and a pastor all at the same time. And I was messing with my phone, I just kind of stepped on the walkway, and then I was just like, but I wasn't walking on it, I'm walking, but I was just standing on it, right? And then I almost face planted at the very end. I, my feet hit that metal and I'm like, whoa. And I got off and I looked up and I'm like, I'm like five gates away. I was right where I needed to be. I didn't even, I just got busy and all of a sudden I'm, ever had that feeling with God? Man, I just got busy. I started looking at my phone. I'm trying to be a, husband or a wife or a friend or a student or a coach or a player or a coworker or a boss or an employee or a whatever. And all of a sudden, like, how did I get so far from God? I didn't mean to. I just drifted. Sometimes it's our sin. We just find ourselves giving in to temptation in ways. And then all of a sudden we just, man, I'm just, I feel distant from God. And sometimes, and, and I believe we're all susceptible to this one. Sometimes we look for the very things that only God can provide everywhere except for where God is. I want to be valued. Man, I want to be worthy. I want to be loved unconditionally with all my faults. And these things that we get from God, we start walking away from God, searching for the very things we can only find in God, don't we? I grew up playing sports and, and I grew up busting my butt year round playing sports. Now I love sports. I love competition. But if I was completely honest, I started like peeling back the layers on just doing a little self evaluating and counseling this week. And the truth is I was collecting trophy after trophy after trophy after trophy, hoping my dad would be proud. That's what I was doing. And I had many trophy shelves in my room. And when I ran out of room, I started putting them in the windows. And when I ran out of room, I put them on the floor. I wasn't about to put one trophy in a box or in a closet or under a bed. I wanted my dad to come in the room. And every time he did, I wanted him to see them all. And I wanted him to think I was worth something. That's what I wanted. I wanted anybody who came in my room to go, wow, you must be good. You must be valuable. You must be worthwhile. And, and what's so true and I think so tragic is that we take that mentality into life with us. And, and, and some of you have spent most of your life trying to get trophies. And yeah, you love what you do, but the truth is, is your company has turned into a trophy. And you're hoping that you keep getting bigger trophies and more trophies because they're going to be watching. And if they see this, I love my family. But the truth is, sometimes I want my family to seem better off than we actually are because they might be watching. And I hope that they think, wow, they're really doing good. Wow, they must be really good. They're valuable. They're... I want somebody to love me unconditionally and to think I'm really valuable. And so we spend our life trying to accumulate trophies away from the very place where all that stuff is for us at the house with the father. After college, I moved to Hollywood and the truth is I didn't care about the film business. I was hoping I'd become famous somehow and then I show them. I show them 
Same thing I was doing with the, when I was a kid with the trophies. I'll show them. The ones who walked out on me, I'll show them. The ones who didn't believe in me, I'll show them. The ones who left, the ones who underestimated me, I'll show them and then they'll see my value and then they'll see I'm worthy and then they'll accept me and then they'll love me. And we spend so much time and energy walking away from the Father, looking for the very things that we can find only in the Father. Henry Nouwen says this in his book, Return of the Prodigal Son. I am the prodigal. I am the prodigal son. Every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. See, we were created to crave unconditional love. And that's why God goes so far out of his way to say, that's what I got for you. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Listen. I'm convinced neither death nor life, nothing can separate you from my love. That's what God says. Death can't, anything that can happen your entire life can't separate you from my love. Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither present nor future, nothing that's happening in your life, you can't lose it. Nothing that might happen in your life, you can't lose it. Nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The very thing you're searching for so desperately. Sometimes we spend so much time distant from the Father trying to get the very things that if we just go back and say, okay, God, okay, Father, I'm just gonna let you love me. It changes everything, doesn't it? This younger son, he realizes everything I wish I had right now in life, I had. I'm going back. He says, he comes to his senses. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to set out. I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to say to him, because he's not going to accept me the way I am after everything I've screwed up. So, so I got a plan. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm just not. I don't belong. So, so will you make me like one of your hired servants? And so he got up and he went to his father. And, and isn't, it, isn't it interesting that as soon as he decides, I'm going to make a move towards the father, the very first battle is I'm not worthy and I don't belong. A friend reminded me of something. In Mark chapter 9, there's this story, and I love the story. There's this, this is dad, and, and, and he has a son, and, and his son has a, has a demonic spirit, and, and it's ruining his life, and, and he asks if the disciples can help him and the disciples try and they try and pray and nothing happens. And all of a sudden Jesus comes onto the scene and, and Jesus said, what's going on? And then they tell him and, and Jesus said, bring him to me. Watch this. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, right when they started moving towards Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. The spirit, this demonic spirit was leaving him alone until he started to make one step towards Jesus. And then he started throwing a fit. 
And that's what we can expect. Whether it's the first time you need to come home to the Father or whether it's the thousandth time you need to come back and say, I need to repent and let's restore this relationship again. The first thing that's going to happen, you can be off, you, you'll know this, some of you'll know this from your life, you can be off partying, doing everything in the world that you know you shouldn't and you won't have one feeling of like, I, have, I feel very fine, I don't have any feelings of inadequacy or I'm not worthy, I feel great. And you make one step towards God and what happens? Satan starts to throw a fit and starts to get in your ear and go, you can't do that. You're not worthy. You don't belong there. Who are you kidding? I, he was called totally quiet when I was out here, but one step towards Jesus and he's going to start throwing a fit and try and get in your ear and tell you, you can't do it. So that's why I read those earlier verses. Cause that's when you go, no, 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 no. I'm not listening to my situation. I'm not listening to my feelings. I'm not listening to my emotions. I'm not listening to Satan who is lying to me right now. I am a child of God an heir to the throne, a King's kid. And I couldn't lose his love if I tried. And this guy runs, goes home and we don't have time to keep reading. So I'm just going to give you the we're going to get into more of this throughout this series. Don't, don't, don't miss a week, I'm telling you. Don't miss it. Bring somebody with you for this series. Then his dad comes running out into the driveway. And, and the son is like, Dad, I know I don't belong and I'm not worthy. And he goes, no, no, no. And he hugs him and he kisses him and he welcomes him and he accepts him and he values him and he forgives him and he redeems him and he restores him. And this whole thing happens the same way God receives us when we say, I, I want to come home. I want to take you up on this offer that you roll out the red carpet for people who think they don't belong because that's me and I need it. And that's what happens. And so I just want to ask you, how about you? Do you need to come home to the father for the first time? Maybe the thousandth time? Because if that's you, what I want you to do is I want you to know this. You can do that with confidence. You don't have to walk sheepishly. You don't have to sneak. You don't have to go at night so nobody sees. No, no, no. You, you, you go boldly into his throne room of grace with confidence. That's what he says. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you find yourself in need, when you need guidance, when you need forgiveness, when you need healing, when you need peace, when you need a miracle, don't let the lies go. I don't do that. I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. I don't belong. No, no, no. I'm a king's kid. I've been made perfectly righteous. I couldn't lose his love if I tried. I'm a walk into his throne of grace with confidence in my time of need band, you can come up. I'll tell you what, it would absolutely break my heart if one of my three boys didn't want to come hang out with me and let me love them because they thought, I just don't belong. I just messed up too many times. And so probably won't, he probably won't want me. Oh, would break my heart. For those of you who are new, would you put that picture up? This is my family. This was our Easter photo. And I'm telling you, I love those three boys. My love for Jill's off the charts. I'm not even going to talk to you about that right now. I love those three boys so much. I tell Jill, I say, babe, I feel like my heart hurts. I love them so much. It makes my heart hurt sometimes. 
And if, if they avoided me because of some mistakes that they've made and they thought that's what I do, I just stay away from the Father and don't let him love me because he's just got to be done with me by now. I'd be like, no, 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 son. He'll go, no, dad, but see, I, I did this. And I go, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. I love you. No, dad, but I, I was supposed to, and I didn't. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You can't lose my love. No, but dad, here's what I did. Here's what I said. Here's what I saw. Here's how I acted here. No, no, son, it doesn't matter. See, that's what God was saying. Nor height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor things to come. Nothing, nothing can separate you from my love. And I would try to tell my boys that. And I can tell you this. They're growing so fast. Me and Austin were in the kitchen today, standing back to back. I was like, do I still got them? When we started the church, Ethan was one, not quite two. And I guess that's what one means. And um, <laughs> almost two. Austin hadn't been born. Ashton wasn't even on the radar. And now, man, they're so big. And, and I know how this works because I've been a dad long enough. This time thing, it just flies. And there will be a day when one by one, I'll take them out to the driveway and I'll help them load up their car and I'll be a mess. And I'll hug them and I'll tell them how proud I am and that I love them and call me. I'll call you when you get out of the neighborhood. <laughs> and I don't know what they're gonna do like vocationally and all that kind of stuff. My youngest one told me this week, he's got three options, NBA, NFL, or take over Red Rocks Church. He hasn't decided yet. So he told me. I'll be honest with you. They can become president. They can, they can change the world for good. They can have a whole lot of aspirations and end up on the streets and alone and hurting with nothing. They can, they can be wildly successful or they can feel like absolute failures. I, I'm telling you, it won't matter. If one of my boys says, dad, can I come home? I will go running out into the driveway and I'll welcome them home every single time because they don't earn my love. See, they just have it. And that's how your father feels about you right now. So I'm telling you today, come back if you need to and come into his throne of grace with confidence because you're a king's kid and you couldn't lose his love if you tried. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you uh, for your word. I thank you for your son. I thank you for your church. I thank you that we get to hear your voice right now through your word and, and that you're speaking to us and you're communicating to us right now. And I thank you for that. And, and God, I pray you just give us the courage and the boldness now to respond. Guys, with, with everyone's eyes closed, let me just, let me give you a couple opportunities to respond to what God might be doing in your heart right now. First question is, you are a Christ follower. Maybe you have been for most of your life. But for whatever reason, you feel like right now there's some distance between you and the Father. And, and you would just say, God, I just make this, I just, I'm gonna raise my hand and make this one motion of, I feel it, I know it, I'm not happy about it, I wanna come home. If that's you, just raise your hand, Christ followers. We're just gonna say, God, I just need you again. It's real. 
And the second question is this, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you can feel it in your heart. You've sensed his presence while you've been a part of this service and you just know this is my time. I wanna ask him to forgive me of my sins. I wanna make him the Lord of my life. I don't know how this is gonna turn out, but he's calling me right now to follow him. I can feel it. I wanna respond. If that's you right now, I wanna ask him to forgive me of my sins and become the Lord of my life. If that's you right now, raise your hand. I'm gonna say a prayer for you. Put them up. Praise God. Praise God. Put them up all over. Hold them up high. We're going to the throne room of grace with confidence today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God, you knew exactly why you brought us here. You know everything we've been through. You know what we're dealing with. And you know the plans you have in store for us. God, I pray that some weights would come off of our shoulders right now as we go to you with one more song of worship. That we would just be able to celebrate the fact that you love us just the way we are right here, right now. And at an instant, in an instant, you say, you're back. It's done. Welcome home. You're forgiven. You're renewed. You're redeemed. You're restored. You're my child. Let's go. And I thank you, God, that that's happening right now. And I thank you that that's happening for some for the very first time. And their eternal lives are being changed right now. In Jesus' name, it is our honor to come to you right now as a church family and worship you with music. We love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Church, would you stand up at every location? Let's worship one more song.